Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How did get 30, 30, get 30, bet get 20, 20, 20, bet get 20, 20, bet get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast where we are going to discuss if Saturday's comeback from three down was a papering over the cracks situation or the turning point in the season, the moment the players decided they have the mental strength for the battle ahead. Joining us to decide is James Hunter from the Chronicle. A mini rewrite for you at the weekend, James? Just a bit, yeah, yeah. i put it this way, most of the things that I'd written by half-time had to get kicked out. <laughs> Just Sunderland succumbed to another disgusting defeat and that kind of thing. The opening paragraphs. <laughs> Along those lines. Rory Fellow is also with us, regular, of course, joins myself and Gareth in the studio. Down on the river of. The river of? The banks Babylon. of the Riverway. Babylon River. Babylon. <laughs> yeah. River of Dreams. <laughs> That's an old one. Some of our younger listeners might not know that reference. Mm. <laughs> I was getting sang a little bit on Saturday. A few choruses of it. R- banks of river the Riverway. Of- River, oh, of ba- I meant river of Babylon. Oh, right. the River of Babylon. I thought you meant the chant. Borny M. M. Big, big Borny M. Fans. Well, we have a chant of that tune as well, don't we? Yeah, the Nyron one. Nyron one, yeah. Mm. Indeed. Well, we won't talk about that, but you were. <laughs> the river, any other. Great <laughs> radio river by songs. Big River. Oh, yeah. that one really fit, yeah. would it? Like Call it now with your river by songs. <laughs> there was a guy singing the Big River actually busking outside of St. James's on Sunday. Why so, are you there? Why, what are you doing there? St. James, I just went for the crack on that, didn't I? Yeah. When I watch Gallagher watch. End, wasn't he? Yeah. Flag. Sym- Sympathiser. He had one of them flags. <laughs> mean Davy Priest. <laughs> Davy Priest? Davy Priest. Davy Priest. So wait, they call him Davy Priest, even though he's David Priest, but you call Dave Vessant David Vessant. You, you can't, you can't, you can't get How have you stored that up to, you can't to get, throw that in? You can't get me. your Davids right. Yeah. The right Dave, Dave, Davy. Yeah. Who, your Daves, you know. your Davies, your Davids of this world. <laughs> this world. It's not yeah. like you call him Harry Bassett. How does that work? I know. It's not like having a weird fake profile. You just call either Dave, Davy or David, aren't you? It's not a pseudonym or anything. You just go by different names. Um, you were in the away end, Rory, so you can discuss like the limbs situation. Oh, it was good, it was good limbs. Re- relief limbs. Relief limbs. <laughs> what relief limbs? I don't want to know about your relief limbs. <laughs> Do you know what I quite <laughs> like is uh, the, you always see the when there's limbs, as the, the kids call it, uh, and, it, and amongst the scenes, mm-hmm. 
Obviously, they go hand in hand. Names in the scenes. Oy, very nice. Um, there's always a picture of that fella with um, a <clears throat> prosthetic Love. leg. Oh, oh yeah. Of That's Michael quite Love. good, isn't it? <laughs> so and then the vlog like, with the prosthetic and leg. And the prosthetic leg. <laughs> yeah. So he's Next like, Michael, li- Michael like, lifting his leg in the air for him. That vlog with the prosthetic leg, I once, like, he was talking to, like, a bloke who he knew who had, like, his son with him who was quite young. And he like showed him the fake leg, and then the little kid said, "Is that yours? <laughs> is that yours? <laughs> is that yours?" So like yeah, the fake no. leg was on. He's like, "Is that yours?" He's like, "No, just just got rid of my leg." <laughs> but the but talking about the limbs, I think one thing that makes the limbs in the scenes very good is, and this is the reason that I think he's becoming my favorite player, is Joel Osorio celebrates goals properly. He celebrates goals really well. There's no no like contrived celebrations. He just like yeah. has like a good like reaction and you could see that because obviously he ran like in front of pretty much where I was where I was stood and it does it, it ignites the limbs even further than the last minute equaliser in a 3-3 comeback can so well done Joel like Osorio Ian Wright school of celebrations yeah. Or just the, 90, or the 90s con- footballer in general he had a few contrived celebrations I would say the 90s was a hotbed for contrived celebrations you got Klinsman I would mm, say that's when it started Klinsman probably was the, the Lee Sharp the, yeah, yeah. Robbie Fowler Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah that was uh, he's yeah. had a few and he? he had the, <laughs> the work doctors one and the cocaine one. Yeah. Um, then he had the cocaine gigs. one was funny though, like because I, yeah. I remember reading one of the papers. I, I was still at school at the time, but reading one of the papers of the weekend, and I just never forget the opening line of the paragraph, whichever journalist it was, no idea who it was, and it said something like, um, "Any brains Robbie Fowler has are clearly in his football boots." <laughs> I don't know why that line stuck with us. I just thought it was funny, probably because I wanted to be a journalist then, so I was interested in. Things, like that. things that people said that were funny. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah. Isn't it? Or the way they react to certain things. But yeah, was it um, instant um, gigs and people? Didn't they have like some dance they did? Who? I'm sure. Oh, was Lee it Lee Sharp, Sharp and Ryan Giggs? Dance next. Uh, to they them. had a corner yeah. flag yeah. dance. Yeah. Um, and Alex Ferguson banned him from doing it. Didn't good. He? <laughs> Robert Earnshaw, remember his celebration? He used to like cartwheels. Yeah, can't. Bit Robbie Keane. I can't be doing with the uh, the Robert Earnshaw celebration because I always I always think like someone who does a celebration like that. What would be funny if once they've done it, just as the sort of just ninety six percent complete the celebration, someone who just comes in and gives him a massive dead leg. That's what I'd like to see, and Is then they'll like just be it? like down on the floor, having not not completed the celebration, just looking stupid. And it should be passable. Like there shouldn't be. Any action taken by the referee whatsoever. So for bad celebrations. Well, what about the Deli Alley sort of Eric Dyer oh, handshake disgraceful. one? Disgraceful. Yeah, I'm not on board with that. Like, I don't um, mind that one. Son's got one, and uh, someone else as well. I think uh, maybe it's a product of product of my time, but I, I much prefer the Mr. Chumley Warner approach. If everybody <laughs> walk, walks back to the centre circle, shaking hands, shaking hands. <laughs> there was a, like, that was a watch, se- that's seventies football. That you know, when you see the thirties football, I no, thirties. But you know what? The, if you, it's quite good, this isn't it? We've got in, we've segued into a random area. Was you watch, game on Saturday? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Watching the um, if you watch like football videos over the years, we're not going to. It would be better if it was a visual medium cut, so we could demonstrate what they were. But like over the years, you can see the. All the footballers do the same basic celebrations, mm. and like there was in there was weird like sort of s- s- like 
straight legs, two arms yeah, in the air, yeah, jump yeah. up jump of up the seventies, jump yeah. up with two arms yeah, in the air, jump up with yes, two arms yeah. in the air. That's like a seventies, with 80s. like the legs sort of like yeah. kicking up to, yeah, like, yeah. like going like kicking up right up to the arse yeah, as well. Like yeah. the, the spring on yeah, those celebrations. Yeah, yeah. But it's weird they all did it. And again, in the seventies, you had the the big thing of of actually jumping onto the fences and hanging onto the fences yeah, in front yeah. of the fans. Not allowed to do that now because we haven't got the <laughs> no fences. Yeah, no fences. <laughs> no, 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 no fence. <laughs> And, and of course, uh, they used to do that when they used to score against their old team, right in front of the, the fans that they used to, used to play for. Whereas now, obviously, nobody likes to celebrate against remember, the former team. Yeah. Remember when um, yeah, very low key Wes Houlihan didn't celebrate <laughs> yeah. against Aston Villa because he might sign for them. I'd <laughs> had been linked in the paper or something out of respect. <laughs> what an idiot! And He's I've retired gone, this week. It has gone too far that now, isn't it? The whole celebrating or not celebrating against. Old club thing. Let's just do you know appreciate Joel Azaro celebrating to bring it like a Raji fan. Is that what you mean, Rory? Just yeah, exactly. But like even in his goal against Hull, like you saw that, and when he made the second goal against Burton, like he went, he celebrated like more than Honeyman who put the ball in. But like did that, he did did that straight away. It's like, and you see that in his player, don't you? Like he's really enthusiastic, and like obviously he's like quick and everything. So it's just nice to have a player who. For like all of his faults is like quite fun and quite exciting, and he was quite quiet in the first half. But and their their left back Brian was getting the better of him. But I think it's kind of you could see that in the whole team. Really, their their performance didn't massively improve in the second half, but the fight was there, and they just they didn't stop trying. And Asoro just had that fullback's life in the second half. He, he wins the free kick to get the second goal, and then obviously he does him and puts the ball in to get us the equaliser. Um, and Catamol as well is a big part of that. Yeah. Just dragged us it through that second Catamol, half. It felt as though Catamol was definitely the. You know, you watch. He was in the box, like he's in yeah. the six-yard box trying to get onto things. Um, and then, I mean, a sorrow. I would say, of all the young lads who've come in, <clears throat> on loan or that we own, who've come through our academy, he looks. The best one. He looks ready to play. He, he, like you wouldn't drop him like no, at all. No, like the all. others, you, you look at them and go, "Well, they're kind of in because we've got nobody else." Yeah. And whereas him, I feel as though he's grown so much in the games that he's played. Like his, his games come on so much. Like when he when he started, he's quite lightweight, and now he's physical. He backs into people. He wins headers as well when yeah. he plays up front. And then when he goes, I mean, he looks like more of a forward. But when he's played wide, he's he gets at people, and even yeah. a few times he gets tackled or whatever. He doesn't give the ball away in stupid areas like we've seen sometimes McGeady do in the past, where he goes dribbling into the middle of the pitch and gives the ball away. He's wide, and then he get, gets knocked out for a throw but in, or it's in, the, in down in the corner, so it's not a problem. But he gets past people, and he's done he's done brilliantly. Sorrow considering, say so can't work it out because he seemed to have regressed so much um, in in the uh, in the under twenty threes or what, whatever you want to call it, the reserves. Um, he just seemed to have plateaued and then looked like he wasn't really going to kick on. And then when he's got his chance at the first team, he's he's been very you, impressive. You could see their fullback. It sort of it was evident how he was filled with dread at that moment yeah. because you, it was one of those where he knew he knew that fullback knew what was all where he was going to go. Yeah. There was nothing he could do about it because his legs were obviously gone by that part of the game. And you can't just dive in because he would take a pass to you anyway. So you've got to sort of stand and jockey anyway, haven't you? But you could see in his eyes, he's thinking he's going to well, go this that's way. Yeah, he's going to go this way, and he did. And, he, and, and there was nothing he could do. He doesn't him. get tired. No, like he doesn't. He runs 
he's as quick as he is in the first minute as he is in the last minute. He hasn't been induced into is, the rotten car yet, so yeah, 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 he's yeah. not on six pints a night yeah, yeah. In, in the local pubs in Durham. He is actually quite skillful as well. Like when we play Watmore wise, well, when we have that have that option, that's what you worry about him mm. for. All the, as quick as he is, you worry about his skill on the yeah. ball to beat a fullback. And I'm not saying he's not like Watmore's not capable of doing that, but if we are going to get rid of the three at the back for the Brentford game, which. Coleman alluded to and mm. Stuart Duke tells more about James speaking to him after the game um, we'll have a good discussion about that a Soro can slot into the right because you don't want to drop him but you might want to keep someone like Fletcher up front who's physical and it means you can probably start either Loire Loire wide on the left or McGeady who's you know, against Birmingham and now against Bristol has looked really positive when he's came off the bench and you know, to go there and he's let's say contributed against Birmingham so you think well, and we, we're desperate for cre- for creativity as well, so why not get them back in the side? Um, and it means we don't really have to the alter, alter the midfield too much, so it's not a drastic change. Um, but what to make clear, what did he say about that, James? In in terms of getting rid of the, the th- well, three I, at the back? Yeah, I mean, he he said that it was something that he that he was going going to look at and and consider. I mean, I understand why why he stuck with um, five at the back. For this long, I mean, it's it brought four of the five clean sheets that, that that they've kept this season. When you're not scoring goals, obviously those clean sheets are vital. If you're going to score three goals, like on Saturday, then keeping a clean sheet isn't so important. Um, and and the same when you when you're chasing a game in in that sense, when you're three 0 down, you may as well throw caution to the wind and and play play four. But you know, lots of people on my timeline on Twitter were saying, oh, you should. Um, you know, ditch the the back five, ditch yep. the back five, go to the back four. And I think, well, if you if you're leaking goals, is losing a defender the natural response to that? You know, actually, logic dictates that you should have more defenders. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I think he will use a, a a back four. I think he'll certainly look at that. Certainly mm. in 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 home games, I think they'll I think he'll pick and choose between the fixtures. When you're playing Wolves and teams like that, you're going to set up more defensively. Yep. But I think. If they're going to show attacking intent like they did in the second half on Saturday, then yeah, I, I don't see any any harm in in, in trying that. Um, but there's always a the big thing for me. Obviously, whenever the teams uh, come out at two o'clock on a, on a Saturday or an hour before kickoff, um, there's a big debate on, online about should he be playing this system, should he be playing these personnel. And the thing that it always um, uh, fails to take into account is that the other manager has a say as well. So so if you play this way and then you say well if we'd have set up this way then there would have been more more space for him and he could have done that and he, yeah yeah but that assumes that the other manager doesn't do anything to counter that <laughs> you know everybody knows every manager knows how to counter a, a 3-5-2 and every manager knows how to counter a 4-4-2 or a 4-5-1 so it all depends uh, uh, you know it, it's, it's a balance um, in there you can't just say well if we'd done that then this would have happened because it doesn't necessarily work that way people get to <clears throat> formations are important in the game I mean obviously <laughs> you know in, in the way you set up a team um, but I think sometimes people I think the three-five-two to a lot of people culturally obviously in Italy in, in, in the obviously around the World Cup sort of in the ni- early 90s you had a lot of th- three at the back you had the sweeper um, but culturally here it's always been four-four-two, four-four-two, and then yeah. As time's gone on, four three three. Only recently we've really seen the three at the back come in with teams like 
Chelsea playing it, um, Spurs. Spurs now playing it. Um, but that Chelsea really started doing it, and then a lot of teams started to. A lot of the top teams were like, well, even Wenger went to a three. You go through phases, don't you? Football yeah, and it to, does. To, it to does because once one time team starts playing it, like you're saying, you're exactly right, James. Uh, the other teams will say, well, we have to match them up here yeah. to to do. And I, I, I refute the fact that three five twos are, or people depends what you want to call five three two three five two whatever. I don't think it's a, a negative formation. It, it gives you a balance. Um, from an attacking and defensive perspective, if you if you play properly at the moment, I think Coleman's probably been hampered by the options which he hasn't had. He's had to play uh, Robson in in there with Catamol times, or, or, or remember when we we have won games playing, you know, three at the back. We've kept five clean sheets playing three at the back. So th- there's positives and negatives, but play whatever formation you want. But if you just let Aidan Flint, who scored a hatful of goals from set pieces, wander into the middle of the box and leave him. It doesn't matter what formation you play. Yeah. We have we have got people tweeting. It's nothing to do with formation. Carl Bridgewood has if you if you tweeted us saying, would would you put the first half debacle down to the formation or just the application? Yeah, of the it's application. It just seems like basic errors and not tracking rather that, than formation. Uh, the second part of his tweet yeah. is why a lot of people would suggest the formation change and Rory's touched on it already. That's if we revert to a system with wingers to bring in McGeady, how would you use Azaro? Other people have to play a four four two and get McGeady in the team. That would be I agree with you that those three goals you you would look at and say, I'm not sure that's because of the three defenders. But that is the is the argument to say that that formation doesn't really suit Ada McGeady and at the moment he looks like a player who who perhaps we need in the side. He scored six goals this season. He's had twenty starts, seven sub appearances. I think he he scored six, fourteen go- games since Chris Coleman come in. He started five. I think um, you you've got to look at um, you know there's two going back to the game on Saturday and the debate around the formation. There's two there's two aspects to it. Did bringing McGeady onto the pitch in that system benefit us? Yes. But the game situation, and we saw this at Birmingham. I said that on the show the other week. If we got that second at Birmingham, yeah. I fancied us to get three. Yeah. Because it was, I would say, from what I've seen of that second half, that it was more, the, the attacking intensity was greater at Birmingham. We swarmed them and we were on the box. So is that directly? And that, that was McGeady or indirectly I think Loire yeah. was probably the main instigator. <clears throat> tell us about Birmingham. the shape, second half, and Rory James. Tell, tell, tell us what, you know, we're saying formations doesn't matter, application and stuff, but if McGeady's coming on in a couple of games, we know of and making a difference. Is, you know, where, where did he play or what did he do? I think it was more fluidity than anything. They didn't look rigid like they have at all, and McGeady and Loire Loire were given a bit of freedom, and a massive thing as well that Loire Loire gives you is. Pace. There's there's no pace in the sides. So if you've got Half him, Sorrow, yeah. if you if but if you've got him and a Sorrow, that that yeah, that's what I was going to say. You've got a quick attacking line with someone like Fletcher who can hold the ball up, and then if you can somehow get McGeady in there as well, like we could play four two three one, and you can put Lawalawa and McGeady in there. Might be a bit of a risk, but we're in the bottom three and we're running out of games. I just wonder if you ever take a bit trust of a risk. McGeady in the in the role that would suit him because my first piece of criticism towards Chris Coleman. Uh, tactically, was was the Birmingham game at home when they went down to ten men, and I was screaming out for us just to match Birmingham up mm. and put McGeady on as the extra man. But if you're not going to give him a free roll in a game when you've got an extra player, 
it's it's looking unlikely that you're going to give him a free roll in a game where you've got 11 versus 11. I think you know you, you, the point you made there about can you trust, can you rely? I think Coleman maybe at the stage where he must be sitting on the bench second half and you could see he was probably more annoyed that we actually got something from the game in some ways than, you know... Well, he said he laid into them more yeah, af- yeah, af- because at full-time than at half-time. I don't know. That was quite fascinating. Did you notice that, incidentally, that, that all through the second half, all through the second half, including when the goals went in, Coleman sat on the bench? Yeah. yeah never yeah. got up. Wasn't punching Sticking the about his resignation letter at that time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was quite that bad, but I think it was partly... He was just on Zoop Law. <laughs> I, I think it was partly disbelief and partly utter frustration that, that if they can perform like, like that, as they did in the last 20 minutes, half an hour, why couldn't they do it in the first half? But you, you, the, the key thing, he said, look at the way that we defended the first five minutes of the game, conceded that ridiculous um, set-piece goal, and look at the way we defended in the final yeah. uh, five minutes of the game in injury time, you know, um, and you look, at, you look at that and you and you say to yourself, yeah. you, you know, why weren't we switched on from the beginning? So could, this be, a, could this be a switch then, Flicked? Well, because because but, if, but, but, James, but, just give the example there. If, they, if they, the the Lenton players just coast past them in the first half, the second half they've got a bit between the teeth and they're throwing themselves into tackles. Sometimes, and we we spoke before about games that are little turning points, haven't we? We we mentioned the Reading four 0 lots in nineteen ninety seven. So we'll, we'll not go on about that again. I'm just about finished Lee Howie's book at the moment, which is excellent. Um, he mentions the season we win the league under Reid and he actually says the turn I know when he was on the show the other week he indicated that the Millwall game where we won 6-0 was the, was the time the players believed in themselves but he actually says there's a non sort of nondescript <clears> game <throat> uh, against Portsmouth away from home which I can't remember and I can he remember most of the games game, didn't he? Uh, he might have scored yes he did he, he scored did, the equaliser yeah. yeah. and he, so he said we it was an equaliser in the last minute a game that probably uh, most fans don't remember but that was the turning point because something that after that game, just clicked with the players where they thought, you know what, we've got the mental toughness to to cope with whatever we're, you know, this we, is we it need though. To deal going, with here. going back to the again the trust and rely. I mean, you, you, I think it's abundantly clear that you can't trust you can't trust that team because he said, you know, we've been two 0 down Ipswich, we've been beaten three at Sheffield United, three off Reading, three Birmingham. Um, Four Cardiff. Four Cardiff. Redden, did you mention that? Yeah, three. Conceded three there at the weekend. Obviously, two at Ipswich. You can't, you can't continually, continually do that now. There's, you can blame individuals or, or whatever. And it's definitely, you can definitely see it's a it's five a, at Ipswich. Five at Ipswich. <laughs> it's a men, it's a Sorry, men, I'm men you're not, no, no, no. <laughs> It's a mental fragility that's that's there. And, and people can argue about the physical side of it, and the, obviously the mental side of it to a point. You know, you know, renders your, your physical output. You know, moot. Re- it, 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 it's. You look at the Browning performance at the weekend. You know what? What? What's he thinking when? I don't understand how he can allow Flint to run away from him. I mean, people were talking about the keeper for the first goal, but. I'm not really sure. No, it's no. it's defender's ball. He, he looks a bit daft because he, he tries. Daft he tries to make an attempt for it. Do something. He should never be put in that position. Exactly. He realizes that nobody else is going to. Yes. So yeah. I have to do. He's something. Not, it's not a keeper's ball. It's defender. Because yeah. all you do is follow it in, head the ball away. 
Simple. Yeah. And they, they've let. I don't know what they're trying to do. He's trying to obviously let him go play offside. I, I don't know. Because I thought oh, the first time I watched, it, I thought if they tried the offside trap there, then when you watch your back, I don't think they did. They, they just let they just, just stop because they didn't move. step out. No, they didn't, they didn't do step anything. out. They just the stood. First there. time I saw, it, I thought they were letting. They thought the ball was going to run through to the keeper and had just left it, and and it, it, you know, Flint had, had read it. That was all I, I I could I could think. But the, but the point is that you were saying about. Not being able to rely on on this team, not knowing what you're going to get from them from one moment to the next, and I think that's that's the key. Mm. You know, I could say to any Sunderland fan, "There's the there's the players. You pick the system. You pick the team out of that." But could you hang your hat on them on a Saturday to perform? Could you hang your hat on them keeping a clean sheet or getting a point if you had to? You just don't know. You know, in any of the, the possible lineups in any of the possible shapes. You can't be certain what you're going to get, and that's so frustrating for a manager because um, you know it means it means if you can't rely on the basics of performance, how do you how do you go from there? Managers are just like the fans, waiting for the first five or ten minutes to see which way the game's going to go. I think that you know that second goal, like really angered us, and it's just like Browning's role in that. I think he should be dropped completely from the squad now. Because we're talking about we've got the players on loan. We've got seven. How far away is Cornier? Well, we've got Cornier and Wilson hopefully to come back, haven't we? So then we've got O'Shea and Clark Salter as your options. If he goes to a back four, it means you've got... O'Shea's going to struggle in a back four, I think. Possibly, but, you know, sometimes... You know, Cornier and, Cl- and... Maybe Cornier and Clark, Clark Salter will be the maybe. I think I'll be leading but, towards. But, you know, that... I have to talk about that goal because if you watch... Like live, it looked terrible. The more the more you watch it, the worse it looks. And for, you, you You're come, supposed to be watching our goals. Back he just man. comes running out to the ball, putting his hand up. Why are you going towards the ball? He hasn't played the ball yet. And you're putting your hand up practically, and then he's looking behind, and then he just walks practically walks back towards the goal. The lad tries yeah. to go around the keeper, bubbles up, runs away from him. Yeah. If he just Kept running back. He Clark Solo was doing. Got, looked like he was doing more. Yeah, to prevent well, that's the thing. Did. People have comments about Clark Solo or whatever, and I'm sure people will have takes on his performance to criticise him. But you can't fault the fact that he's he's trying. Yeah. He's, he's, he's trying to do as best he can. Where where Browning, you watch him. Can he hand on heart saying that he's doing the best he can? And when Chris Coleman comes out and talks about players giving their all in the fight, and that's all we ask. That is all we ask for. Is a, is a cliche goes of Sunderland fans. We ask people to go out there and, and fight, and, and battle, and work hard, and do that, and you'll be fine. And that that's an example of somebody there who, when your manager comes out and says, "This is what my expectations of that team is and that group of players is," and somebody so clearly is displaying the opposite. I mean, they, re- they have to go from it. They have to go out of the team completely because he was really he, poor on 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 Saturday. Gareth no argument about that, but I wouldn't say that he's been absolutely, you know, terrible. I don't know if he's gone under the radar because there's been so much focus on O'Shea and Corner, and you know what I've seen them both this season, and people will get into Corner for absolutely everything, and he's made some daft mistakes this season, but Browning's had more stinkers than him, and I've seen more effort from Corner than I have at times from Browning. I'm sorry, it's true, but people, have, people, he's almost gone under the radar because that's been a problem position. He's kind of played every week, 
But when you look at it, we've been slotted in loads of games this season that he's played in. Now, if, we, if they do shift to a back four now, then it'll be interesting to see because obviously you'll not have to find three centre backs, so no. you'll have a bit more competition. And you'll have the two, the two. coming back. So uh, obviously it creates its own problems, though. Like uh, like Stephen was saying, can O'Shea play in a four? Um, you know, that's, that's questionable now at his age with with his lack of pace. Um, and you've got Corney coming back and Wilson coming back. They can't be far away now. I think they were due to start training again this week. So, but they're going to be really rusty. So, you know, you end up saying, well, we're going to basically tear up the the, the defence. We're going to take out the sort of the main guy that's that's been organising it because he's too slow. I'm going to bring in a load of players who are rusty and who have been injured and who haven't played for ages. And I'm going to hope that it all works. Yeah, I would be and then, and then back for either. And and so that's that's a bit of a you know it becomes a bit of a problem in a different sense then because then every you know, something goes wrong on Saturday and everyone goes ah look what's happened. You, you so, mean well, you are right, but at the same time, it can't. You hope it can't get any worse than it has been, and that's the that's the flip side of the coin. Do you keep doing something that's not not working? Or I mean, Mark Wilson for me has been massively disappointed. No, he's been terrible. Yeah. So if you're going to bring him into the team, say, then you know. You're already thinking to yourself, well, how is he going to perform? And that's even without the fact he's been out injured for a long time. I mean, he's been, he hasn't been very good. But again, go back to the point. You don't think, don't think he's been lazy or like, like you look at him like a Wolves, for example. He looks like he's rusty. If yeah. You, yeah. You, he looks like he's playing his first game of the season every game. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, you, can, you can kind of like see there's something there, but he, oh, he's just a bit rusty. But then when you play like quarter of yeah. a season, yeah. then you can't blame it on rustiness anymore. Why it's quite important now that he looks at what mental state the players are in for the the starting eleven. Because I was saying this last week, we need a result like coming back from one nil down yeah, would be brilliant. Bring that up, and then mm. but you know coming back from three nil down, like if they can't use that as a catalyst. Yeah. Then they've they've got no chance. They've got it's, no chance has at all. To make a difference, doesn't it? Because like like you said, Rory, and a couple of people people have pointed that out here on Twitter. Actually, who listened to the show a couple of weeks ago and said Rory was saying we need a result like this where we come back from a goal down, a spirited performance. This has to be significant now, surely, because doesn't mean we, anything we, if, we, if, we, if, we, yeah, if we don't. Like, like when Ips, we, when we were the better team against Ipswich for thirty minutes, Ipswich score a goal, and everybody in that ground knows what's going to happen next. Now they've come from 3-0 down, away from home, against one of the best sides in the league, to get a 3-3 draw. Surely now, when they look, then when the goal goes down, they've got to look at each other and say, we've done this before. Yeah. And that's why it needs to be... That has to be. That's why it needs to be the players that are reacting properly from this. Um, a bit of an aside here, but I don't know if you noticed this the game on Saturday, James, is that... Jason Steele was one of the main players who was like off the bench after like going up congratulating all the players, telling them to go over to the away end and stuff like that. So I'm not saying start Jason Steele for that reason, yeah, yeah. Um, but it shows that there is something of a spirit in the squad. So he managed to shake <laughs> the hand, did he? <laughs> he oh, didn't miss it, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, but again, it shows that it does show that there's there's a spirit in the squad, and if someone, for example, like Browning isn't contributing in the right way and his performances on their pitch are reflecting that, then get him out. Just get, get, get a player in there who's not only going to do a job but is going to be a good influence on the squad. Um, and like I say, if they can't use this as a catalyst for the rest of the season, they've just got no chance because it needs to be... I, 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 how many times has this been said in this podcast over the last five years that it needs to be a turning point? If you can't take... That second half performance being three 0 down, coming back to claim a point again against one of the best sides in the league. You, like, what what more do you want as as a springboard, as like a 
as a positive and to really like reignite yourselves as players. And with a home game coming up, again, it's something that we always say, <laughs> a, ho- a winnable home game coming up. But imagine if we did go like 1-0 down in that game. I think even as a supporter, you usually get that feeling of, well, we know what happens next. But maybe even now, as a supporter, you'd feel like, oh, well, we saw what happened last week. Do it again, lads. He's got yeah, it. You'd, yeah, hope, think... you'd hope the crowd would be the yeah. same. If we go goal down on Saturday, you would hope now the crowd... I think, think... If, we, if, we, if we pick a team, that, obviously we'll talk about this on Thursday, but if we pick a team that shows intent, has got intent yeah. in it, and that's, I think maybe that's what we need now, Obviously, try, trying to, trying to, you know, keep the wolf from the door, and then nick something that has worked earlier isn't working often enough now. Um, I mean, I've used this statistic before, but you know, December twenty eleven, December twenty eleven, only once since December yeah. twenty eleven, we talked about that. Come from behind yeah. <laughs> to win at home, you know, which is just shocking, absolutely shocking. And it was, I remember before then, the record wasn't that great either of coming from behind to win the game at from home. Um, but Chris Coleman said once in two and a half years, because uh, he was thinking back to the, the Chelsea game under Sam Allardyce, and, and, and when he said it, and uh, he'd finished the interview, and I said, well, it's actually once in, uh, <laughs> once in six and a bit years, and he just looked aghast. I think he'd obviously look back to when the last one was. He didn't realise <laughs> how long the gap was before that. Yeah. <laughs> But the, you know, the, if the, the team goes out there and shows the intent, I think to be fair, start of the season maybe we did see that, especially with McGeady in the team, and I think we'll, there was a few sliding doors moments in some of those home games. Um, Catmull's performance actually in that second half on Saturday is very similar to his performance against Derby in that first game of the season when he was getting in the box yeah. and trying to get on the end of he things. Was, he was fun, fantastic, and you know, I, we've said many times he gets a, a lot of stick, Lee Catmull, but. In that game, he helped drag Sunderland back. I mean, I can't remember the last time I saw him three yards out. You know, all right, you should have scored the header, but <laughs> it, w- it wound up in the back of the net eventually, which was the important thing. And then he gets the assist from the free kick. Can't remember the last time he took a free kick either. That was great. That um, like, was like it, just all standing it, around you, going, "What's Catmull doing?" Yeah, by the way, like, it, was, it was the most basic, simple free kick you've ever seen free. in your entire oh, yeah. life. But, but, it, was but tele- it worked. That, I mean, if you're a Bristol City fan or player or whatever, and you sit, you watch that back. He's Catamore's going. I'm going to do this. Yeah, be ready. And he's gone right. And, and McGeady like it. just like, let him we, do we, it. We're talking about bad marking for our first yeah. goal. Just no one like yeah. McGeady's like shaking hands and introducing himself to like yeah, all yeah. the Bristol players, and just none of them decide yeah. to like mark him yeah. or pick it, him up. It, it was crazy, and it was what was great was was seeing seeing another team in the position that you've seen Sunderland in so yeah. often. So you get yourself into a winning position, and then. Uh, and then you concede one, start to wobble a bit, concede another, now it's panic stations, and then in that last ten minutes, uh, Sunderland were pushing forward, and you thought, they're going to get a chance here, because because Bristol, anywhere for Bristol, mm. anywhere would do, they look really edgy, they mm. look like a team that haven't won for six, or won one in six games, you know, the, they really did look nervous, and, you, and there was only going to be, you know, a goal well, uh, coming from Matthew, Matthew Withers from the Bristol Post, I was, I was just doing some reading to see what things were like from their perspective, and he highlights the polarising nature, really, of the performance, because he says in, in the same article, talking about the first half performance, honestly, you could not see how Sunderland could turn this round, they were that bad. Then, a couple of sentences later, had we played for another five minutes, Sunderland would have gone on to win the game. Yeah. 
So that just well, shows how we can change. Well, I think that's right, and it's quite interesting actually, because I think if there had been an extra five minutes in the first half, probably Bristol would have gone in five up. Yeah. And if there had been an extra five minutes at the end of the game, Sunderland would have probably won four three. But yeah, they've got to go. They've got to go on and pick the. That's play- intent. That, yeah. that, that shows yeah, intent. intent. Can they've yeah. got to pick the players who are. Who are making things happen? And because at the moment we so is there a balance that way? You can't just start throwing in McGeady and all of them. They're not all going to fit in. There's no, you, you know you could have McGeady sort of one side, Ajaria in in sort of the advanced midfield with Fletcher, and then you've got the two behind. If you're playing four at the back, just to offer a little bit of protection after playing with the back three for so long, then going to the four. Um, or you could play with one in front and then then two attacking players in front. Obviously, Williams is due to come back, so he might slot in alongside yeah. there. Honeyman can play wide, and a Sorrow could play him behind. Um, I quite like the look of Ajari. He's quite neat and tidy, and he, he keeps the ball, which is something that we yeah. don't we don't have enough players who keep the ball. Um, and he's only played two proper games of football, you know. So it's gonna it's it's a bit of a I think he's a bit of a gamble. I don't think he at the moment's probably a nailed on. Starter in this situation oh, where we need where yeah. we need to to go for it in in games because um, he doesn't look at the moment somebody like who you know he'll, I'm sure he'll get better and grow into it but me, at the moment he's 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 more of a he keeps a ball and move, moves quickly with the ball tries to get <clears throat> bring other people into the game the keeping of the ball is really important yeah. though because we're not capable of settling yeah. into games and like because. When the dust settled after that third goal, and like you sort of like on the way home, you, there's that little bit in your head where it's like, well, why do we have to concede three goals mm. first? And if we could have just settled in, like, like look at Lee Camp in, in both halves, he was not not necessarily his mm. fault, but he was like panicking when he was coming for stuff because we were so disorganised. Yeah. Second half, when we've got ourselves organised and we're playing confidently, he was like coming and like claimed like a couple of good balls, and like obviously that's massive for a goalkeeper. You need yeah. to be settled into a game. But if the whole team like manages to just settle into the game, not even necessarily go a goal up, but just keep the heads all the way through, and keeping the ball is a massive part of that because obviously you can keep building your play and everything. You can't just have McGeady who's gonna, you know, try and take on players all the time and is gonna give it away. We need some. We need something solid as well as obviously the mental state in the squad as well. But what the t- just settling down into a game is so the tweets important. Tweets we all have. I mean, Alex Campbell has said after Saturday. You will you will have so much material. No point as you won't have time to read any questions. We we've got loads of questions, but they're all saying the same thing. They are all talking about changing the formation, going to fort the back, and putting McGeady in the team. Just scrolling yeah. through them all now. They, that is what everybody is saying. We do have one person, James, who's asking you directly um, your opinion of the slow decline of the club and contrast to the state from five years ago to now. I don't even know where you would start with that one. I'll be honest, just throwing that one in. You could there. do a whole, you could do a whole pod just yeah. just, just on just on that, couldn't mm-hmm. you? I think, uh, yeah, I think you know you can trace the the roots of the the current situation, you know, back five, six, six years pro- probably. The dear Nile Quinn left for me. Um, yeah, to to a degree, but no you know, football but, expertise but, at, at boardroom level. You think you think about yeah the lack of boardroom football expertise, the the money that was wasted by uh, you know the previous. Regimes and and previous managers and things that poor players bought, the, you know, and all the rest of it, and that has been what has, um, you know, uh, got Ellis Short disillusioned, and that is why the club is now, you know, in in the financial situation it's in. Um, 
so so it's all come it's all come come to a head. But yeah, it's been really sad to see. I mean, my first two seasons covering Sunderland were the two seasons they finished seventh, mm. and uh, you know I couldn't have imagined then that they, that would be the high point so far of my time. Mm. You know, covering the club. Neither did any of us. Have you got some answers to the question of the week? We have. Shall we do yeah. the music e bit and then come back Go and do it? We'll Let's do, do, do that then. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices. Down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We have eventually, not this week, but Lee, how he's booked to give away. We keep forgetting to uh, ask a good question. It's we don't want to just waste that on one day and come up with a question on the morning. And we, you know, we want more responses. So we're just, just going to waste tickets for a match and stuff. Yeah, we're just. <laughs> if, you, if you fancy going to the game, ten a penny, then man. No, you fancy going to the game? Get behind the lads because um, hope we hope that it was a turning point for everybody on Saturday, fans and players alike, uh, in relation to attitude of going a goal down because the fans. In the stadium, myself included, you know, we have responsibility as well, and it's hard not to just put your head down and say, "Here we go again." When we concede, so Saturday, hopefully, Saturday has brought something. I wonder if, as uh, I say, have been something we've been talking about around that actually, and obviously, you made your comments on, obviously, did the piece on the protest thing, and everyone's been talking about it, and you know, the one of the options. I mean, we had loads of chat about it, and you know, in our group chat and that and you know one of the things we we're talking about was if somehow you could enthuse supporters to come back and the club could do an offer where they, they provide tickets for a certain game for a ridiculously cheap price and then do some nice promo around and get everybody involved to try and get that I think at half time uh, on, on Saturday that was a terrible idea at full time <laughs> it probably doesn't look such a bad idea anymore but mm-hmm. just a, th- any, a thought there anyway generally um, but you want to do this you can win two tickets to the Brentford game so get yourself there courtesy of the, the club who put up a couple of tickets for us uh, every week so um, shall I read the answers into the question the question yeah the question <laughs> was um, actually Rory's idea because I was like floundering today going Give us a question, please. All the food you had by ten o'clock. I know yeah. I had a lot of food by That's ten o'clock. It. Like, um, it's, a, it's a group chat thing. If you're not in that group chat, that context, mate, you, know, you, you won't get it. You just had two McDonald's, basically. Yeah, by ten thirty, that is. Didn't have like two full McDonald's or a partial <laughs> McDonald's. You had two occasion. different things yeah. off the menu. Yeah, but I didn't have like a meal or anything like that. <laughs> All right. I had like a bit and a bit. If you got two, ah, but what were you there? Outline well, the bits, though. If you, Outline the bits, che- though. if you got two cheeseburgers from McDonald's, would you class that as a you're not getting a meal if you got a cheeseburger in the morning and a cheeseburger in the evening. <laughs> you got both of them in the morning. What, yeah. what was it you had again, though? I had one of those cheese flatbread things, cheese bacon flatbread things. Yeah. On my way to work. And then <laughs> later, I, saw, I was like, one of the lasses in the office, oh, I had one of these this morning. She was like, oh, I want one of them. I'm going to drive to McDonald's. So, so, I, like, one. Oh, so I went with her. 
Obviously. The polite thing It would have been rude not to get something, so I got some pancakes when I went through. And you had a hash, I'm sure you mentioned a hash brown in there. Oh, I did, I had a brown in there. I suppose that is kind of all like one meal. Yeah, it is, yeah. But it's very big for Monday morning. <laughs> You've got nothing. Got nothing I don't, to say. I don't care. Um, yeah, the question was um, inspired by Sunderland's turnaround Saturday. Tell us when you have turned it around when all, when it looked all was lost. Um, so let's have a look. I've got to go out my favourites now. I'll go back in. I'll read Matthews because it's funny. It's a bit of a, a reference to something else. <laughs> but uh, he can't win. So he said, I was in a restaurant starting to, staring at some garlic prawns. How am I going to eat these? I thought to myself. But then Laurie Cunningham stepped in at the last minute, saving <laughs> the day. Um, Very niche. Yeah, if you, the, yeah, if you, if you haven't seen Peter Eats' tribute to Laurie Cunningham, then yeah, it's, yeah. It's you worth should watching. watch that because it is sensational. <laughs> uh, Joshua Gargett says, declared homeless at the start of 2017 and met the Duke of Cambridge on Thursday. Absolutely buzzing. It's nice. Yeah, it is. Depends. Duke Cambridge, what do you think of him? Is he alright? Isn't Duke Cambridge? The one who's married to Kate. Oh, is What's it William case? who's Duke Cambridge? Can't remember, I don't know. Yeah, I think it is, yeah. yeah. Paid 180 quid for a haircut recently, didn't he? He's got no hair. He's got no hair. Yeah. Idiot. Mad. Um, that's where your tax, that's yeah. where your tax that's where dollars tax are going. <laughs> yeah. A bald man's haircut. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Nick Holden says, uh, after losing my job at the BBC, I had some very dark times, including travelling barefoot to Dundee in the midst of my addiction, but needless to say, I had the last laugh and now host the third best slot on Radio Norwich. It's too much of that, or it needs to stop this. What? Alan Partridge? Yes. Needs too to many begin. of them. There's new series new announced series? today. New series, yeah, yeah. No, that's fine, yeah. yeah. That's great. What do you mean, that's fine? We'll Partridge have, Nazi. We'll have new, new references. Somebody yeah. replies with a Partridge uh, reference. Yeah, because it's mint, isn't it? Rory Hanley says, under-15s football, Long Bennington mm-hmm. versus Bingham Town. Big game. Um, losing 3 and away from home. Came back to win 4-3 three, three, with myself scoring a hat-trick. Seeing it in the 90th minute. Trying to try them lids. Kenwin Jones celebration. Snapped my arm on the back flip. Back, back flip. Didn't care. Hashtag scenes. Um... She actually says, I w- if I won, I don't know who I'd share the tickets with. Just thought I'd share. He's got no friends. Sorry, Rory. <laughs> to, to overzealous celebrations, you're not having any mates. Um, Carl Bridgewood says, I was meant to go with my brother to the Ipswich game as he had to get out of the house for his fiance having a makeup trial for a wedding. Got texts from him before I was about to set off. Don't fancy it with the rain. Mm. Gloriously well, missing a 2 0 horror show. Disaster averted, yeah. John Ridley says it was when Billy Jones marauded down the wing against two city defenders and turned them inside out across for the own goal that he had actually planned. Haters will call him a liar, plus my eldest has never seen them lose and he was there. Thank me later. Um, well, he can have... We'll say... We'll not definitely say he's won yeah, yet, yeah. but he'll only be allowed to win if he yeah, takes his eldest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Dave Marjoram says... Uh, I quite like this one, actually. Not influence. Um, I once managed to break both the tin opener and ring pull on our only tin of beans when my daughter wanted beans on toast. Huff ensuing, I managed to remove the lid with a ridiculously blunt hacksaw and allow said what would you do in that situation, Gareth? I bet you've got an answer for that. That's something that must have all happened to us all. We need to open a tin without a tin opener. Um, a I'm... knife and a hammer? Have you ever tried that one? Why would I have a knife and a hammer in a situation where I wouldn't have a tin opener? Because you've tin opener, well, you just broke the tin yeah. opener. I've got this... a wallet ninja which has got a tin opener oh on it. Oh my god, that's the wrong person here. <laughs> 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 wallet ninja. Do you want to say it's mint? 
Yeah. That's not good radio. No, it's yeah. not good radio. Sure, I'll Put take your wallet and use your away. I'll have a big phone. I just used a knife and I've got a hammer and just. Oh, you know. For the benefit of the tape, Gareth has opened his wallet. <laughs> <laughs> and a ninja has arrived. Yeah, it is. Look at that. Yeah. It's it's midnight, have a look at that. There you go. Why I continue. It's great, isn't it? It's got a bottle opener and everything. Would recommend. Um, wow. Let's have a look. Where are we here? I think that's like it. Is that it? Song, I think that's it for the answers, you know. That's a poor effort. We didn't ask till today. Uh, yeah, quite we're a bit pretty lazy on my behalf, but you know, I don't care. Oh, we've got what? We've got one here. One. This is the one that we can't read. Adam, as well. Oh, the one we can't read. Yeah, Michael, Paul. Michael Paul. We can't we read. Had a that out. We can't read that out. For Light misogyny. He knows yeah. why we can't uh, read it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. There's one from Adam Seeger here as well. Still stealing with three minutes to go. Um, MK Don's away in the cup on my birthday. Coach set a light. Stood up side of the road in the rain waiting for the bus ended up in the service station for five hours singing and bouncing around like a conch on the way day some radgies were passing food about by ill-gotten means too stealing food they've been slowly being stealing and causing a public disturbance <laughs> not sure if you want them in the stadium nah, you can't win no you, you're not allowed um, yeah so that was the answer to the question <laughs> ruled two people out We've said one can come on a condition that he's like, eldest son. I like Dave's to be fair, because like that's quite that's quite an effort that he's he's sort of saved a situation. He's sated his child, who would have been very distressed, mm. you know, and he's used a hacksaw over a tin of beans. I mean, that is dedication. It's that kind of dedication we need in the stadium on Saturday. So absolutely, he's won the tickets. Roy's decided. Roy's decided. Executive decision. No panel required. Was, that was my question. I came up with it. He's gone full Martin Bain and just <laughs> decided himself. Now, 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 you three are all sacked. Yeah. Your best mate, any Martin Bain? Apparently so. Well, uh, it was actually the other way around. It was someone that Martin Bain would describe as a friend. So I don't know how someone how that, that Martin Bain. So I don't know. How you that, must be a popular works. person when someone goes. Someone he would describe <laughs> as a friend, yeah. not his friend. Not his friend. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. So well done, Dave. You've won the tickets. Long time listener. You've probably never won anything on the show in five years. Well, massive congratulations to the guy who was homeless at the start of a year. Now. Oh yeah, it? yeah. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> but you're not what getting ebbs? any tickets. You're not getting any tickets. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not a charity, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> we're a banter, yeah, yeah. banter brigade. <laughs> well, we're, you we're know, gonna... why don't you ask the Duke of. Which one is it? Cambridge. Cambridge. Duke Cambridge. He'll lend you, a bit. He'll lend you 30 quid for a couple of tickets. Yeah. I'm sure he's, he can afford it. Well, for 180 quid, I'll uh, give him a new number two over the old. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Noggin. That, that's an idea. That's the problem. He, he's not going short enough. Two, number two's too long for a man with that haircut. Trust us. Well, he got, know, well, he got, he got a fade, I've been, didn't he? been through the cycle myself. Apparently, that's why it was so expensive, because he got the fades, and then, uh, obviously, they came to him as well. He didn't, like, rock up to a barber's or anything. So there was, like, a few reasons He should have done that years ago, to be honest, shouldn't he? Oh, yeah, definitely. When when it's the way to go. I mean, I mean <clears throat> you know, it's the way to go. If, you, if you're going thin on top, get rid. Yeah. Remember, absolutely. um... When uh, David Beckham got the number two all over and everyone wanted one, but it cost him like 400 quid or something. Did he come out and deny that, it. He said it was, He said that wasn't true and a mate did it. A mate who was a hairdresser who charged £400. Pounds. Good idea because he said a mate did it. <laughs> 400 quid's mate's rates and that's a real yeah. problem for me. He's like, just have a go at the sarong. You know, I'm not bothered about the <laughs> hair. Leave it. 
God. some niche references. David there. Beckham hairstyles. David <laughs> Beckham <laughs> hairstyles. He was like conversations the, from two thousand two. Or American listeners thing. Like, like, it was like it was like well the equivalent would be remember when um, Jennifer Aniston when she used to get a haircut when friends were the height when friends were the height the fringe thing. It was like everyone got the Rachel. Everyone should need to get the Rachel. And at the time it was like the Beckham and the Rachel. What's the equivalent now? Is the one? Probably one of the Freddie Lundberg, a few people went went with that red yeah. uh, mohawk thing. Remember when Gaza did the bleach top? Yes, everyone that had was the really bleach. popular. That. Yeah. Especially in the northeast, every other lad was walking around <laughs> with bleach blonde yeah. hair. Remember? And then all the players, but the players yeah, all started yeah. as well, didn't they? Robbie Fowler had a go. I remember. And remember the Chelsea fringe? Did that? Did that ever? With the skinhead in the, the fringe, with my the brother fringe had the front. that. No, I thought wow. he, would, he yeah. would, yeah, yeah. It was a definitely. skinhead with just a fringe left on. I thought that's what like lasses did, like in the, when you watch like This Is England. I yeah, thought, well, that, yeah, I thought yeah, that was yeah, like yeah, the yeah, female skinhead yeah, yeah. version. Yeah, yeah. But that that was uh, a the thing Chris for a while. Mullet. Before my time, but yeah. I used to work in a building in uh, Hortonley Spring, and there was a guy with a mullet, and it was tremendous. Just thought to throw that in. He's sitting in an office on his own, and it was it's a nice great when you really... see one like now and again, know, isn't it? it is. Because like if you see them at the front, you don't know because it's business at the front, and then yeah, <laughs> like all past you, yeah, and yeah. then you'll just notice not, party not, in the not back. Full on mullet, but probably fifteen years ago or so, twelve years ago, <laughs> maybe. So memorable, memorable mullets. <laughs> People started to grow the hair longer at the back again a little bit with like normal haircuts on the top. It wasn't full on mullet because all the original mullets were like spiky hair specifically, weren't they? Yeah, with with the with the long hair at the back, but. That was a thing as well, where the still long the, hair came uh, in the back a little bit. Still the haircut of choice in the travelling community, the mullet. Mm. If you um, ever see uh, someone on the horse and trap on the way up the road, um, you will notice that the mullet is, yeah. you know... Hairstyles in our squad actually are quite boring now, aren't they? Especially now that Ndong's left. Asoro makes a bit of an effort. It's, not a, distinct, that, it's yeah. not a distinct Magis, era, is it, for hair? Yeah, nice. Madge is pretty, pretty good, to be fair. Oviedo's looks funny when he's running. It's like all long. Yeah, it's, it's a it's bit Michael McIntyre, actually. Do you think he's a bit? Dap- he's quite dapper in the old year mm. with his barnet. Apart from that, well, Lee Camp though. <laughs> yeah, it's a talking point. Yeah. If nothing else. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's got That's the little, the kindest the little tiny um, man bun straw yeah. ponytail. Yeah, fair enough. Actually, yeah, Lee Camp. You see more and more of these, aren't you? I've been Lee Camp, David De Gea. Mm. Uh, Gareth Bale, they've all got the same sort of thing top going knot. on. What's it all going on? Top knot. Remember when uh, Benton had a top knot? Never had a top knot, something like. Mm. Yeah, well, that fedora though, that was great. And he smashed those cars in. Yeah. Funny yeah. that, wasn't it? He's class, loved him. Bring him home. Bring yeah. him home. Time's getting on though, and I'm concerned. <laughs> concerned? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a concern of mine that um, I'm going to be asked to lock the studio, but I don't fancy <laughs> doing that. So we'll be back on Thursday to discuss. I guess how we get Ada McGeady in the team. Thanks for listening.
Have you ever Googled your own name? Prepare for a shock because your personal info, including addresses and phone numbers, is all out there. It's all harvested by data brokers and sold legally. Aura is a personal digital security service that scans the internet for your sensitive information and provides a full suite of privacy-enhancing tools. For a limited time, Aura is offering listeners a 14-day free trial at aura.com slash safety. That's A-U-R-A dot com slash safety to learn more and activate the 14-day trial period. 